you feel blocked up, you know, like there's a cement block in your colon, what a pain, literally, constipation can be after bariatric surgery or really any time. Coming up, bariatric dietitians Gail and Isabel join me to share nutrition strategies specific to the big C, constipation, to help prevent and relieve it. Tips you don't want to miss and can help you feel better. Did you know that ProCare has a multivitamin soft chew that comes in three delicious fruit flavors? With flexible dosing, you can accommodate your whole family's vitamin needs, and it even includes iron. Paired with calcium chews and our protein powder, visit ProCareNow.com and use code SUSAN10 to save 10%. Hi, I'm registered dietitian, nutritionist, Dr. Susan Mitchell, ex-radio dietitian turned podcaster. You're listening to the Bariatric Surgery Success Podcast, episode number 152. Are you tired of the hype and confusion when it comes to nutrition, especially bariatric nutrition? It's enough to make you say, forget about it. I don't know what to do. Well, I do. I know what to do. And it matters where you get your nutrition information. When it comes to your bariatric surgery, nutrition is specific. So let's cut through the hype. Let's get the accurate nutrition information you need to know now. Simple strategies that work in your real life. You're in the right place, and I'm so glad you're listening. Are you receiving the weekly newsletter, Breaking Down Nutrition? You'll be the first to know about product specials, helpful tips, the latest podcasts, Upcoming interviews that you don't want to miss, like today's episode with Gail and Isabel sharing tips on constipation. Sign up today on my website, breakingdownnutrition.com. Joining me today are your favorite expert bariatric dietitians, Isabel and Gail. In their clinical practices, they have the fingers on the pulse of the most up-to-date information Isabel Maples is a bariatric coordinator at UVA Health in Haymarket, Virginia. Gail Smith is the bariatric dietitian at the Weight Loss and Bariatric Surgery Institute in Orlando, Florida. You can find both Isabel's and Gail's contact information in the show notes. Well, hey, Isabel. Hey, Gail. Hey. Hey, Hey, Susan. Glad you guys are here. We're talking about the big C today. Everyone's favorite topic. Yeah. Oh, that's for sure. Dietitians love to talk about constipation and diarrhea (laughs) and nausea. (laughs) Constipation is a topic that gets a lot of chatter in my Facebook group. You're probably thinking, really? You sit around and talk about pooping? Well, if you've had trouble pooping since surgery, you know why we're talking about it. It's one of the most common complaints. And depending on your type of surgery and your body, your bowel movements may or may not be the same as before surgery. And this is typical. Before surgery, maybe you had a poop daily, but after, maybe you're only going every other day. Remember, You are your own unique person. So if you've not had a bowel movement in several days or if having a bowel movement becomes painful, uncomfortable, get back in touch with your surgical center and your physician. Everybody doesn't poop the same. So don't compare yourself. (laughs) Most of the surgery centers, by the way, have their own protocol for constipation, depending on how far out from surgery you are 
and what type of surgery you had. So let's look closely. Gail, when you think about constipation, you see it in the clinic, do you think it varies um, or constipation, how often, uh, how severe with the type of surgery? For example, do you think sleeve gastrectomy and lap band have more issues or what do you typically see? Well, Susan, we see constipation with all the surgeries, sleeves, gastric bypass. We even do the duodenal switch. Sometimes, though, with like revisions, it may be less often. But as you say, Susan, it depends on the individual and if they are taking their fluids and following our recommendations. And it also depends if they've had any complications along the way or other additional surgeries like a gallbladder removed or a hernia repair at the same time requiring more pain medications that really kind of slows things down, but all surgeries. Mm, interesting. Same for you, Isabel. I see constipation in general with bariatric uh, patients. I don't know that I've teased out, you know, the differences but one, there's a few reasons for that. One is, I mean, they just had, they might be on pain medications right after surgery. They've had an anesthesia, which slows things down. And even Zofran can interfere with, you know, the, moving the bowels a lot. Right. And, and you might reason, tell what Zofran is because oh, nausea, 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 <laughs> nausea, if you're nauseated, you'll know. <laughs> yes. So, but, but also, you know, right after surgery, you're going to be eating less. Um, especially right after surgery. And in just less food in the digestive system means there's less to move around and to move through the system. Plus there's less fiber because you're eating less food in general. And that helps bring the bulk to move bowel movements regularly. But in addition, what do we talk about right after surgery? We talk about protein, protein, protein. 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 Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. Reason to focus on protein, but most of those protein foods don't leave much room for fiber, especially in the first few months after surgery. Right. Because you don't think about a protein food as high fiber because it typically isn't. Right. Okay. So constipation can occur for a lot of different reasons. I want you to run through this checklist with me. Ask yourself, how many of these speak to you? Are any or all of these items that I'm mentioning affecting you? Because remember, lots of things can increase the chance that you're constipated. So here we go. Are you eating less food? Well, of course you are, right? That's one benefit of surgery. Are you taking an iron supplement? Mm, likely. Are your abdominal muscles still weak? Are you taking pain meds, as Isabel just said, or had recent anesthesia if your surgery was just recently? Drinking less water and other fluids than maybe you need? Is your exercise level or activity level down? And is your diet missing foods that are high in fiber? As we just said, protein, protein, protein often makes it hard. How many of these did you answer yes to? So, Gail, when you hear this checklist, which of these would you say are top of mind? What do you see the most problems with? All of them. <laughs> <laughs> Honest <laughs> answer. Yeah. And again. <laughs> yeah. But mainly the biggies, Susan, are the less fluids due to the inability to take in large amounts of fluid at one time because you're sip, sip, sipping. You can't gulp because it kind of hurts. And also the lack of solid food intake on the clear liquid diet for the first three days, followed by the addition of protein shakes 
and high protein full liquid diet starting on day four for two weeks. So they obtained some food fiber in the veggies in their soups in that phase two, but most patients have to have some sort of stool softener soon after they leave the hospital. And of course, like all of you both have been saying, pain medications really slow down the passage of food through the gut. And most patients don't need too much pain medication after those few first couple days to a week. Yeah, that's a good thing. At least helps. Mm-hmm. Well, help we found the to same. Start moving. Mm-hmm. It's something that some of the patients really have to feel it, realize it, to realize, really, I need to keep sipping water. That does kind of help get things going down there. So I just, you know, think we see it because they're not used to having constipation a lot of the thought, a lot of the time. So going through it, they just have to be told over and over again by all of us to keep sipping water. And if you think about it, the checklist that we just went over, it's not that you just maybe have one of those items. It's probable that you have the majority of them. So if it's, you add them all together, that's going to make some major constipation Mm -hmm. often. Yeah, we actually educate patients um, because most patients tell us they're not going to have a bowel movement before day three, four, five. Mm -hmm. So we educate them, you know, that they don't not to expect one before that. They're not going to turn around and have one right after surgery. You know, I think and, that's a good thing because that then they're not going, why am I, why am I not pooping? Why am I not yeah. pooping? You know, mm-hmm. I think that's really smart that you're taking yes. away that pressure, letting them know. Yeah. Even after they have that first bowel movement, most people tell me that it's three days before they have another one or they're having one every other day. So the, at least the first couple of weeks on those liquids, you know, you're not necessarily getting much fiber in, no solid foods. It's, it's so you're probably not going to have much of a bowel movement yet. One. Well, actually, we've had several patients tell us that they panicked about constipation and went to the emergency room, especially if it happens where they really start worrying about it on a weekend or after the clinic's closed. But, you know, if they had called our after clinic number, then they could have talked to the doctor on call and maybe we're told, hey, if you're not taking your stool softener, get it. If you are taking your stool softener, start taking it twice a day. Try taking a gentle laxative, take a suppository, or use an enema. Any of those things can help get things moving. But I did have one patient tell me that she panicked, went to the emergency room, and after doing the tests and everything to make sure there's no blockage, there's no reason, you know, physically that that's not moving through, then they gave her a laxative, they gave her a stool softener, they gave her an enema, and then she laughed and told me, hey, and then I got to sit on their toilet for two hours <laughs> instead of doing that. <laughs> right, I could have just sat on my own toilet. It's almost <laughs> like um, a stool softener or gentle laxative needs to be part of the take-home <laughs> kit. You know what I mean? <laughs> it is for us, but most people don't actually end up taking it. Some people right. do, but most people are yeah. like, yeah, I could do without that. But my tip is that if you are concerned about constipation, call your clinic, even if it's after hours. Absolutely. <laughs> exactly. there, and there is nothing wrong asking about poops, really. I mean, you oh, will feel yeah. so much better, trust me, if you don't have to get to that point. <laughs> exactly. So looking at constipation from the nutrition perspective, Gail, Typically, when do you start to increase the consumption of higher fiber vegetables, beans, lentils? And then do you have a personal favorite to help prevent constipation? 
Oh, sure, sure. Um, and one thing I will tell you that I received samples of like uh, stool softeners. So <laughs> I'm sure. Well, I'm sure. <laughs> so I did give them to the nurse practitioners because they usually see them in that first week after surgery. So I gave, hey, give them to them because I know they'll they'll like having them. But yes, food fiber, I think really makes a difference in phase three, along with the addition of some like whole wheat toast, perhaps, or crackers, um, some soft cooked beans, whether they're black, red, pink, pinto beans are pretty well tolerated in that soft food phase. And a fruit, excuse me, a few fruits, like a couple of dried plums, or more commonly known as prunes can really be softened to help. Uh, and patients have told me this has really helped them. And I, in fact, had one patient tell me that having a small half cup of regular coffee, because we do let them have a little bit of caffeine starting in that phase three or tea, gets things going in the morning for her. And again, keeping the fluid intake at 64 ounces or more is really important. You know, I kind of like this trifecta of um, <laughs> beans, um, prunes, or dried plums, fancy name, and coffee. Yeah. Because if yeah. you think about it, and you're trying to prevent constipation, I'd always like to get on the prevention side when I can versus the, I feel like a cement block in the colon side. So if you think about this, this is a trifecta that can be um, a pretty powerful pooper, don't you think? Oh, yeah, oh. absolutely. <laughs> the, the other thing is that even if your, your clinic doesn't um, want you having caffeine or yet, just having something warm can help, especially yes. first thing in the morning. So it could be some warm broth or a, a warm protein shake or anything like that could just or a glass of warm water with lemon in it. It, it. Anything like that can help get things moving as well. So, Gail, I mean, Isabel, talk about uh, the goal for fiber. And beyond that, uh, uh, what's really realistic, plus some of your secrets to help meet that fiber goal. Well, the most recent dietary guidelines for Americans recommends a dietary fiber of 14 grams per thousand calories. So that's like the technical piece of it. You know, about every thousand calories, somebody should um, get about 14 grams of protein. I mean, uh, I'm sorry, of fiber. fiber. Yeah. And a person who has bariatric surgery, I've read, is averages maybe 15 grams of fiber. Well, that's fine at the lower calorie levels, but, you know, at a maintenance level, some patients will get up to, you know, 1200, 1800. Some of them stay at, at, at a thousand for maintenance. And so there is some room for improvement, you know, in, we know Americans don't get enough fiber. So in general, getting more of those fiber foods, like Gail was talking about fruits and vegetables, whole grains, um, beans, lentils, all those things not just add fiber, but they add um, key nutrients as well. Now, once you're building up from where Gail was talking about, you know, with more and more food, I mean, at the beginning, it's all you can do to get in the recommended amount of protein. And to get in at least 60, 70 grams of protein, it just feels like that's all you can do. Sure. But eventually, you're going to be able to eat enough that you can branch out. So instead of feeling like I need to be a superstar, 
with my protein branch out into some other food groups, it's not only going to make it more interesting to eat, but it's also going to add more fiber. I agree with that, especially the ones we've just been talking about, the beans and lentils, you know, nuts, the veggies, the prunes, the fruits. And now you're probably thinking, wait, Susan, guess what those things also add? They add key nutrients like magnesium. And magnesium is a mineral that most Americans don't get enough of. It's it's found in those kind of foods and a consequence of not getting enough magnesium can be constipation. I know. I love it. So here's that. It's like a win-win. So more reasons than just fiber to eat your your fruits, veggies, and and seeds. But I know what you might be thinking. Those or some of those, most of those are carbs. I can't have carbs. Yes, you can. You can have carbs. You just have to think about how many. And you'll go back. You'll find it helpful to listen to episode 132, where we all talk about, gosh, at least 15 bariatric-friendly carbs that you can add to your diet, and they'll help, too, with this constipation. So I'll put that link in the show notes, but it's episode 132, wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back in a moment, and we'll talk about fiber supplements and laxatives. Don't go anywhere. Bariatric Surgery Success is thrilled to partner with New Hope Girls, women empowering women. They offer a discount to our community. Code TRANSFORM to save 15% and celebrate our shared commitment to transformation. Shop their beautiful bags at newhopegirls.com. Okay, a little science 101. I know it's tempting to add a fiber supplement or a laxative when you feel blocked, but don't rush into it. Why? There are two types of fiber, soluble and insoluble, and both play a role in promoting regular poops. However, many fiber supplements contain just one type. So Gail, what about adding fiber supplements or laxative when you feel blocked up. I'm not a big fan for rushing into this. I like to be on the prevention side, but once you're there, talk about it. Oh yeah, that's so true, Susan. Fiber supplements can make constipation more of a problem, especially if your fluid intakes are not adequate. But it oh, I, I, You know, I totally agree. I can remember, uh, <laughs> I was telling a, a patient one time and I said, listen, um, I just want you to know that adding all this fiber is a great thing. But if you don't add the liquid with it, mm-hmm. you're going to call me up and cuss my name because you're <laughs> going to feel like this yeah. con- concrete block in your colon mm-hmm. like we're talking about. So it is so important to yes. know that fiber and fluids have mm. to go hand in hand in this or you will not like us. Right. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Just remember, more may not be better. Here's why we, all three of us here as bariatric dietitians, love food sources, right? For fiber? Absolutely. Because why? Most food sources contain both types of fiber, both that soluble and insoluble, and are less likely to worsen the constipation and more likely to get you to be more regular. The soluble side of the fiber can help to improve that digestion and lower both your blood sugar and insoluble fiber in foods can soften the stool, making it easier to pass. Genius, right? Uh, And lower (laughs) cholesterol, right? I think about soluble fiber can be beneficial for your um, 
blood lipids too. Oh yeah. And well, last. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say you're all right. Um, foods uh, that have both are usually more of your vegetables too. And a fun fact is avocados have both the water soluble and the insoluble, but watch out, you know, they are a high in fat, but it's a healthy fat with that fiber, but you just need like a quarter to a third to get about that four to five grams of mostly insoluble fiber. I love it. Another win-win. And oh, I'd love the mm-hmm. taste of avocado. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, last week we had a patient come into our clinic and she was constipated. So she kept adding fiber. In fact, she every day, here's what she was doing. She was taking four stool softeners. Oh. She was taking oh, two fiber gummies and she was taking four servings of over-the-counter powder fiber supplement. It was miserable. (laughs) Yeah, it was too much fiber, and it was added too quickly. She didn't build up gradually, and she wasn't drinking enough fluid to keep things moving through the digestive system. So, but fiber works in two ways. One, it adds that bulk, and, but it, but it will pull in water so that it gets soft enough so that it keep the stool stays soft and can keep moving. But if there's too much fiber, then the it stays in the digestive system too long and your body pulls a lot of that fiber out. And then it's a hard rock in there mm-hmm. and it won't move along. And then that's, it's just, yeah, makes you miserable. Oh, so if I feel like you're trying to poop pellets, you know what I mean? Like it's <laughs> yeah, awful. Exactly. And you probably <laughs> are if you finally do start pooping. Yeah. So, but the fiber from the food, it makes it easier to, yes. to more gradually add that. And, and it also promotes the growth of friendly bacteria in the digestive system, which actually newer research shows that that bacteria in our digestive system really can make the difference between health and disease. I love that. Another good reason for food. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So remember, take this tip. Take it seriously. Add those high-fiber foods slowly to avoid gas, bloating, constipation, and increase your fluids. They're teammates. And spread your fiber throughout the day versus loading it all at one meal. That'll help a little bit too. And Gail, what more are you thinking about? I I can think of a lot lot of goodies I would recommend. Oh, there's so many. Just again, and starting to add some protein, uh, plant-based, the lentils, the split peas, and beans are terrific sources, making some of your chili this time of year too, just not super spicy chili. And the non-starchy vegetables, I love cauliflower, broccoli, celery, carrots, and the neat nuts and seeds are some of my favorites too. Dry roasted almonds are good choices. But remember, portion control for the nuts because they do have a lot of good healthy fat, but you don't need all those calories. So I usually say about a 10 to 12 of them is a good choice. Um, beans, oatmeal, I mean, I keep going on. Fruits with skin, your apples, your grapes. Vegetables and whole grains all contain fiber. Well, one advantage that we've talked about is that food can add more than just fiber, um, even though all those foods can add a significant amount of fiber. But it's also adding flavor. It adds variety in your diet. It adds vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, phytonutrients, all of those things that can help us build a healthier lifestyle. But let me add a couple of comments about supplements. So you mentioned, Susan, iron. 
iron is going to be an important nutrient to supplement after surgery, no doubt about that. But if you're having problems with constipation, just check back in with your clinic and ask them, hey, I'm getting a supplement with this much iron. Is this where I need to be? Um, because the, the vitamins and minerals do have different levels of iron to meet different people's needs, and you may end up being too much. Or I agree you're with that. Taking mm-hmm. supplements a couple of different ways, and you know and sometimes one, mm-hmm. there's two. There are, there are a lot of different forms of iron. Some more constipating mm-hmm. than others. Mm-hmm. But I've found across the board that iron tends to just really constipate people. And sometimes that schedule has to change, and it has to go to every other day or every third day because the constipation is so bad just from the iron itself. So I do agree with you that going back and having that discussion. Uh, is really important, especially because you'll know iron changes the look of a stool. So when you'll notice from taking all that iron that stools can get really dark, almost a, a brown black from that mm-hmm. iron. Right. Um, and become somewhat like pellets if you can pass them. So I know it was just, people are going, why are y'all talking about this? But it's just really important that iron on its own, mm-hmm. beyond, uh, besides these other things on the checklist that we mentioned, are important to consider. Well, and also when we talk about calcium supplements, one of the things you may read is that calcium can constipate you, but not the calcium citrate. And that's typically what's recommended after bariatric surgery. Whereas if you're doing a lot of antacids for reflux, or if you were um, doing Tums, because it's a cheap form of calcium, uh, whether even for calcium supplement, I've seen that recommended. That's more likely to cause digestive discomfort. And I think, I know we keep hitting on this fluid thing because fluids are so important, but I just want you to remind you to think about this minimum eight glasses a day of water or other fluids that you're drinking. So 64 ounces total, that's about what, 2,000 milliliters. So if you think about it, um, as we talked about earlier, Gail was saying this in the beginning, that requires a lot of sipping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so it means keeping a water bottle with you with some type of fluid all day long or even going so far as to set timers on your watch mm-hmm. or on your phone or yeah. one of the water bottles that blinks or beeps or you know, does various things right. to tell you, hey, it's time to drink. Whatever it's going to take to get the job done, because we talk a lot about food, but Making sure this fluid goes with it, ooh, so important. Critical. Critical. Mm-hmm. So let- well, it's unusual um, also, it's not unusual at all to take a stool softer as we've talked about it. So I would definitely tell people to ask their clinic for advice there. That's a standard protocol for us to send people home from surgery on a stool softener. And a lot of my patients will come back and say, oh, I don't need that, or I'm not going to take that. But then they might find that that's different (laughs) a week Mm -hmm. or two later. Things change. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I would recommend, I mean, after doing this for so many years, I would recommend you start taking that stool softener right from the beginning. And you can... If your school, stools get too soft or too frequent or whatever, you can cut back on it or cut it out completely, but I would at least tell you to start with it. So, Gail's at the same protocol. Do you use a stool softener like Colace or a laxative like Miralax yes. or yes. what do you guys do? We like the Miralax and we do say start with that and sometimes read the label, but we usually say at least the once a day, possibly the twice a day. 
And if that doesn't work, we a cool ice too would be okay. But we have found uh, the Miralax seems to work really well. And mm-hmm. then if those aren't working, maybe some milk of magnesium if needed, or a water miscible fiber like the Benefiber mixed in water. Uh, like Isabel, the nurses do instruct them here, but I also tell them about it in my class. And um, the advanced practice nurses tell them all the time, too, when they come back. And even the doctors give a plug-in for preventing the big C as well. Because it is something you want to prevent, if possible, because of those possible potential problems like the hemorrhoids, the hernias, the intestinal blockages. So like we were talking earlier, you were addressing the iron supplementation. So definitely uh, be careful and watch that. And the nurses do have different brands and types that they say are maybe less constipating, but it may be necessary to take that stool softener, of course, for at least that first month, like you were saying, Isabel, and definitely drink in your fiber and add your fiber foods. Now, we've been talking about, I mean, I see a lot at right after surgery, whether people are having constipation, but some people have long-term problems with constipation. Yes, they do. So go back to your dietitian, ask what you can do, and you don't rely on the laxatives as much long-term because that can get you into problem as well. The other thing we haven't talked about is exercise, just being mm-hmm. physically active can really allow the muscles in the digestive system to help move things along. Absolutely. So it, it exercise, getting up out of the chair, moving around, all that can help with bowel regularity. I think this is also important. Okay, as we wrap up, any last thoughts, things that you're thinking, oh, I should have mentioned that, or I want them to know about this. Anything you haven't told us? Well, I have a tip. And that is, if your constipation is long-term, past that initial month or whatever, talk to your doctor also about your medications. Because some medications that are for blood pressure or for depression or, as I mentioned, the nausea, but some of the ones you would take long-term can interfere with bowel regularity. So just see if you need to switch up your medications. Talk to your doctor. Yeah. And basically, I just say diet, fluids, exercise. So add your fiber when you can, your your food fiber, drink your fluids, whatever kind that you like, aiming for that 64 ounces or more if you're taller and out sweating and exercise. Walking is the best thing. Yep. And food, fiber, fluids, they all tag team. Yeah. <laughs> Give you <laughs> the tag no team that we love. <laughs> I mean, to really help with, with the constipation. Yeah. I, I love it. Thank you. As always, appreciate your time. Information's helpful. Really, really helpful. Thanks so much. Thank you, Susan. All right. Well, constipation doesn't have to be a pain for you. It's knowing what to do to prevent it and relieve it when it happens. So remember, the two biggest steps should become a daily part of your life, making sure you get that 64 ounces of fluid, 2,000 milliliters every day, fiber from as many food sources as you need, and then never hesitate to go back to your dietitian, to your healthcare team and say, I can't poop, help me. Remember, you are 
worth it. Bariatric Surgery Success with Dietitian Dr. Susan Mitchell is produced and owned by Practicalories, LLC. All rights reserved. Remember, the content provided on this podcast is for information purposes only and doesn't create a patient-provider relationship. It's intended to provide reference material and is not designed to provide medical advice. Please consult your healthcare provider regarding any medical issues you have relating to symptoms, conditions, diseases, diagnosis, treatments, and side effects. Podcast guests express their own opinions, experience, and conclusions, which do not necessarily reflect or agree with the host, Dr. Susan Mitchell, or Practicalories, LLC.